Today's episode is brought to you by Positively Productive Systems, whose mission is to be the antidote to your stress and to provide compassionate productivity resources and coaching that help you heal and achieve. Be sure to check out both free and paid resources at PositivelyProductive.com resources. Keep in mind, the Big Five assessment is not about finding weaknesses or giving you a reason to judge yourself. Instead, it's a way to understand how you work best. Also, personality traits are not fixed and can be developed and modified over time. By recognizing your own traits and understanding how they impact your habits, you can make intentional choices and create an environment that supports your productivity. You're listening to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Zarotny, founder of Positively Productive Systems and a coach certified in time and stress management, helping overwhelmed clients make space for what matters. Join me each episode as we explore ways to live a more proactive, productive life with topics and guests that speak to simplifying self-awareness, systems, and so much more. I understand overwhelm personally as a fellow multi-passionate entrepreneur, wife and mom to kids and cats, and former caregiver. I'm here to help you choose what's right for you so you can do less, live more, and breathe easier. Sound good? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa, and today we're digging into yet another favorite topic of mine. Another favorite? Yeah, if you know me, you know I have lots of favorites. My multi-passionate ways make it very difficult for me to choose just one, but I promise this one is special because it goes to the core of what I believe in and what I do as a coach. If you were to distill down what I do in the simplest terms possible, it would mean two things. I help you declutter and simplify your life, and I help you build the systems you need based on who you are. That means learning your strengths, values, and personality before anything else. Today, we're focusing on personality because it turns out it plays a significant role in determining productivity levels. And when you understand your personality traits, you can leverage that to work smarter and achieve more. In particular, there are five major personality traits to consider. They're part of something called the Big Five Model, which is one of the first assessments I have you do when we work together. It's one of the most accurate out there and it's free, so I encourage you to try it. You can find a link to the Big Five assessment, as well as other assessments I use with clients in two places. One, in the free multi-passionate toolkit that includes all the client worksheets I use. And two, in the upgraded resources vault, which has everything from the toolkit, plus specialty workbooks like the decluttering workbook, as well as video guides and training. You can find those on the website, and I will link to them in the show notes. The Big Five model evaluates your personality on each of five broad categories or dimensions, which is why you'll hear it called Big Five, Five Factor, and you may also see it called the Ocean Assessment because the first letter of each of the traits spells out that word. I call it the Ocean Assessment most often because it helps me remember each trait. Openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Each one connects to a different and significant aspect of how we think and act. 
and they're completely independent of the other four traits. So that means there's no correlation between the two. So for example, a highly extroverted person is no more or less likely to be highly conscientious as well. As a general rule, I caution you to take assessments, especially self-assessments, with a grain of salt, as they can be impacted by so many variables in your life. One of the reasons I use this test over, let's say, Myers-Briggs or 16 personalities, which I appreciate and have taken myself, is that this one is widely considered to be the most scientifically valid to describe personality differences. And I love that it's a sliding scale. It's percentages versus categories. And that shows us shades and nuances of how we interact in the world. I want to be clear before I continue that these terms have specific meanings within the context of this model, so I caution you not to assume what they mean. I know the first time I heard the word neuroticism, I was taken aback. It's easy to think of these things negatively, and I want to be sure you're clear about what they refer to. So I'll share how the assessment defines them and what it may mean when you score high or low in each one, and you'll see how there are benefits to both. The big five personality traits are openness, and that's how open a person is to new ideas and experiences, conscientiousness, how goal-directed, persistent, and organized a person is, extroversion, how much a person is energized by the outside world, agreeableness, how much a person puts others' interests and needs ahead of their own, and neuroticism, how sensitive a person is to stress and negative emotional triggers. Let's start with the first trait, openness. People who score high in openness tend to be imaginative, curious, and open to new experiences. They thrive in creative and intellectually stimulating environments. High openness can enhance productivity by fostering innovative thinking and willingness to explore new approaches and to problem solving. These individuals can be open to feedback and actively seek out new knowledge to improve their work. And all of this may sound very familiar because the majority of my clients, who are multi-passionate creatives and often neurodiverse, tend to score high in openness. Individuals who score low in openness are perhaps more traditional and prefer familiarity and routine. They may struggle with generating fresh ideas or adapting to change, but likely excel in structured and predictable work environments. Where they shine is in their attention to detail and preference for established procedures, which can be an asset when you need precision and accuracy. Not everyone needs to score high in this trait, and that can be such a good thing, like for those rule-following, detail-oriented accountants who keep us out of trouble with the IRS. Next up is conscientiousness, a trait strongly associated with productivity. Highly conscientious individuals are organized, detail-oriented, and reliable. They excel at planning, setting goals, and following through on commitments. Their conscientious nature ensures that tasks are completed efficiently and accurately. They're diligent, focused. They rarely procrastinate. I mean, sounds like a productivity dream, right? Conversely, individuals with low conscientiousness may struggle with time management, organization, and staying on track. They might find it challenging to prioritize tasks, meet deadlines, and pay attention to the finer details. However, they may excel in roles that require flexibility, and they may adapt quickly to changing circumstances, which is essential in this ever-changing world. 
Those who score a bit lower here are often my people. While the word conscientiousness sounds like it's about caring, I know for a fact that those who score low care plenty. This trait isn't about caring, it's about consistency. So we work together to find alternatives where they can lean into their strengths of flexibility and use the powers of variety to still achieve their goals. Up next is extroversion. This trait relates to our level of sociability and energy. It's often misunderstood as a people person kind of trait, but it's more complex than that. Highly extroverted individuals are outgoing and energetic. They derive energy from interacting with others. That energy is a big part of the key here. They thrive in collaborative environments and often excel in roles that involve teamwork, sales, or public speaking. Their ability to engage and inspire others can boost productivity through effective communication and motivation, and their willingness to interact with others can be a benefit to them and their teams. Now, with introverted individuals who score low in extroversion, they tend to recharge by spending time alone and may require quieter environments that allow them to focus deeply on tasks without distractions. While introverts may need this solitude to recharge, they possess unique strengths, such as their ability to think deeply and critically, which can lead to highly insightful and impactful work. I work with many introverts, and I know that they often love collaborative work and can offer similar abilities in terms of teamwork and presentations. They may simply need some accommodation. For example, more one-on-ones versus groups, or extra recovery time after presentations. Now let's review agreeableness, which reflects our interpersonal tendencies. Highly agreeable individuals are cooperative, compassionate, and value harmony in their interactions with others. They excel in roles that require teamwork, collaboration, and conflict resolution. Their ability to build strong relationships and foster a positive collaborative environment can enhance productivity in big part by avoiding conflicts. But I will counter that we have to be careful here that their boundaries are protected. They might be avoiding conflicts, but are they sharing their ideas fully as a result? Is keeping the peace at a cost to other aspects? Conversely, individuals who score low in agreeableness may be more assertive, direct, and focused on achieving results. While they may be more comfortable making tough decisions and asserting their ideas, they might need to pay extra attention to maintaining positive relationships and considering others' perspectives to ensure a healthy and productive work environment. Again, it's a balance, right? I mean, we all want to be liked. Some of us care less about it than others. Some like to play well with others. Some like to go rogue. The key is understanding where you like to play best and then placing you in the right environment. Lastly, let's dig into neuroticism. As I said earlier, uh, the first time I heard that word threw me a little bit. It can feel negative to say how neurotic you are, but this actually measures our emotional stability and resilience to stress. Individuals who score low in neuroticism tend to be calm, composed, and handle stress well. They maintain a stable emotional state, even in challenging situations, enabling them to focus and perform their best. Their ability to stay level-headed and manage pressure can result in consistent productivity and quality work. Unfazed, mellow, blithe, 
even-tempered, all these phrases you've heard, those are the low neuroticism people, and they're the people that we like to have in higher stress situations. Now, on the other hand, individuals who score high in neuroticism may be prone more to anxiety and worry and mood swings. They might find it challenging to concentrate and maintain productivity during these stressful periods. However, their heightened awareness of potential risks and attention to detail can be beneficial in roles that require careful analysis or risk management. They're a wonderful counterpoint to the don't worry, be happy folks. And as long as you work to address the stress in and around them, they can function quite well. If you'd like to hear more examples of how these combinations may impact habits, I highly recommend listening to the strategy call episodes on the podcast. These are actual coaching sessions recorded for you to listen in. And my guest clients do the big five assessment ahead of time. So we discuss that. One of the first episodes like this is number 33, all about productivity based on personality. And you'll want to check out next week's episode coming up 164 on decluttering and habit management. There are a bunch more in between that you can choose from with topics like juggling family and business, regaining momentum, managing stress, as well as two super fun episodes that are a set, episode 124 and 125, on creating a personalized schedule filled with personality. To find these episodes, head to positivelyproductive.com slash podcast and type strategy call in the search bar. You can also scroll the episodes on your favorite player and look for the titles that have strategy call in brackets at the very beginning of the title. Now, keep in mind, the Big Five assessment is not about finding weaknesses or giving you a reason to judge yourself. Instead, it's a way to understand how you work best. Also, personality traits are not fixed and can be developed and modified over time. By recognizing your own traits and understanding how they impact your habits, you can make intentional choices and create an environment that supports your productivity. I consider this assessment to be merely one aspect of you, and it's important to use these findings in conjunction with other assessments and anecdotal information, which is what we do during coaching sessions. Ultimately, you know you best. And this is simply a way to get the self-awareness conversation started. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, I encourage you to reach out and connect with me by going to positivelyproductive.com connect. You can message your thoughts and assessment results. I'd love to know what came up when you took this assessment. And I also encourage you to book a discovery call so we can see what it would look like to work together. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining me today. Your time is precious and limited, and I'm honored you chose to spend it with me. If you have feedback, questions, or want to schedule a chat, head to positivelyproductive.com connect. And if you are looking for any of the resources referenced on the podcast, from books to products to training and more, go to positivelyproductive.com resources.